into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. So glad that everybody can be able to join us. I see 125 of y'all beautiful, beautiful people in today. And in case you don't know, my name is Eric Taylor. I am the CEO and Chief Forensic Operator here at Barricade Cyber Solutions. And it is my distinct honor and privilege to fill in for Dr. Gerald Osher today on episode 452 of today's Top Cyber News, where you, me, we got... Uh, Emmanuel, we got Laura, we got Teresa, we got Jessica, we got George up there in Massachusetts. Hopefully, every the storm is going to pass by everybody in the Northeast and not cause any world damages uh, up there. So, I'm being told that you can barely hear me. Mike is a music is a bit loud. Let me turn music down. Thank you so much, Moss, for putting that in there. All right, so that's a quick audio check. So please let me know, how does that sound? I always got several different audios on my headset and everything like that. Um, so hopefully that did. All right, so I am getting the blessings from Dr. Jared Ozer from himself in the mod chat. So again, thank you so much for joining. We do appreciate it. Please remember that every day that you join and you drop in, uh, you know, team live, team, uh, team replay, team hybrid, you know, Put that notification in there so that way you if you are required to have ongoing cpes aka continuing education or continuing continuing education credit sorry and that is worth half a cpe because this is a community i can tell you firsthand experience i do have to re i am required to keep uh keep my cpes going so every year i submit over to GAC because we, we have sans and they they accept this as well so submit that over put if they have that uh, that line item put it as a community and i've never seen a problem with it yet so definitely fill that out and keep your cpes for your certification with that i do want to say thank you so much to the the other stream sponsors First off, we will start off with Panopsi Security. Uh, look at that very beautiful site. I know uh, Brain and Pool is going to be recreating it. I have not had a chance to really look into it, but look, this is where you really want to be with Panopsi Security when you are quote unquote left a boom. You are you know, looking at securing and fortifying your organization, but you're having a problem talking to the C-suite you know, saying, hey, if we spend X amount of dollars, this will help, you know, secure us. And you're just getting a deer in the headlight look, right? And they, they're like, you know, I don't see the justification doing a quantified risk assessment to help that C-suite, that owner, the CTO, things of that nature, understand exactly what that impact and that beneficial uh, risk is for doing and or not doing would be uh, potential, uh, be able to get your goals 
for cybersecurity in your organization across that finish line. So, you know, as you're going through, talk to Brandon Poole and the team over there at Panopside Security. See if a quantified risk assessment is good for you and your organization. You know, I've had several chats with Brandon Poole myself, very approachable fella. You know, he's a seems like a very straight shooter, doesn't beat around the bush and will set you straight. So definitely reach out to those folks over there and again, see if it's good for you and your organization. Now, look, everybody's always trying to learn how to get into cybersecurity and know where to go. Yes, I mentioned a lot that we are uh, SAN certified through GX platform, but that's a very expensive uh, venture to go down. It's not a cheap thing to do. So thankfully, the other stream sponsor is Black Hills, uh, Black Hills Information Security. They do have a whole arm of training called Anti-Siphon Training, where you can pay what you can, right? It really is the honor system. They have a ton of courses. So literally, if you can only afford 10 bucks, you know, you can only really afford to forego that extra cup of coffee to be able to get, you know, sock skills if you want introduction at PCI, which is, if you don't know, credit card transaction. The PCI is the the regulatory body, if you will, for securing credit card transactions. And, you know, anybody who's in the industry will tell you next to nobody follows it. Um, I really wish more people would, you know, if you're one, if you're a pen tester and you're having trouble with reporting, I can tell you as a, uh, old, a former pen tester reporting was the biggest pain in the backside for me. I really wish this was a, a thing when I was doing uh, pen testing. Um, BB King, I've taken a couple of his classes. Um, he's a really good individual. So, so a ton of knowledge, a, a wealth of information, and you can't go wrong with getting on board with some anti-siphon anti training. With that, we will get started with the podcast in just one moment here as we switch some things around. I do want to remind you, if you do have questions, definitely put it into the chat but i do ask that everybody you know waits till the end and use the 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 cue mark i will stick around for some jaw jacking and we will answer some questions mods have been very great about you know getting those screenshots so if you are very urgent uh want to make sure that you're want to get your question in early the mods will do their best to try to capture that and put it in our illustrious mod chat with that, I'm going to take a swig of coffee because I'm going to tell you right now, it is 810. I do know we started a few minutes early because when I was looking at these headlines and trying to get everything put together, I know that we're probably going to use the... And I'm going to get on the soapbox. So give me a second. I need another swig. What off the presses? I'm seeing some in the mod chat. I will grab that. Uh, we do, it looks like our very own Jessica Bishop was on a a podcast with the illustrious two cyber chicks earlier, and you know I, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna divert just for a second. So I'm gonna take this. Forgive me, everyone. This is worth it. I love me two cyber chicks. They are some. You know we all know Jack Scott. Most of y'all may have not heard of Eric, uh, Erica McDuffie, but you know we definitely have our very own uh, Jessica Bishop that was on there. So definitely tune into that, check that out, get show them some support and love. With that, let's get started on the first one that I know we're going to get on my soapbox and go really, really goofy on. And attempting to delete let's get the audio turned up. Let's start this, ladies and gentlemen. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, September 15th, 2023. Caesars and MGM both caught up in scattered spiders web. Bloomberg is reporting that a few weeks back, another Las Vegas giant, Caesars Entertainment, paid, quote, tens of millions of dollars to the group Scattered Spider, which this week has allegedly paralyzed the operations of MGM Resorts. According to CrowdStrike, Scattered Spider is an affiliate of ALF-V and is also known as Octopus because it, quote, targets users of tech company Okta's identity and access management services, end quote. 
With Caesars, the group claims to have, quote, obtained access to an outside vendor before entering the company's network, end quote. A report from Trellix said... Yeah, so this one is... Uh, that might be part of the same story. Let me see. The scattered spider group is, quote, known to impersonate IT personnel, especially through LinkedIn, and uses social engineering to persuade company officials to run remote monitoring and other tools. From there, they exploit vulnerabilities and use tools like StoneStop to evade security software, end quote. According to the record, quote, members of the group... Uh, one second. See, I'm getting pinged, so just everybody know, I mean, yeah, we got... <laughs> Thanks, Ma, so much. Yep, yeah, we have Fortinet here. It's it's kind of a mess back here. My apologies. We've been going through. You know, there's no there's no sensitive information. I do appreciate the love. Thank you so much for you know pinging me and letting me know. Um, I did kind of that was one of the other things because I do had some papers that I had to move out of view. But um, I'm also being told that there's more audio issues. Hooray! <laughs> if it's not if it's not an audio issue for the Simply Cyber Podcast, right? But anyway, so here we go. The the soapbox that I'm going to jump on, ladies and gentlemen, is really it's really this. Okay, so I dove into this a little bit, and you're going to unfortunately hear me say this a couple of times, and I'm going to drop this in this link. So if you want some of the previous stuff, I I essentially in the, for Cliff Notes, the original post came out where MGM was compromised. Oh no. You know, although they were a, a undergoing a cybersecurity incident. And, you know, as, as with anything that goes on in the news, whether political, non-political, whatever, you know, tragic event, news stories are always very fast and loose, right? So it's, you always got to take a deep breath and say, okay, Let's wait for the story to clear before we really start making proper assessments, right? Um, the well, some of the things that we are seeing now is even since when I posted my my video, right? Um, the threat group of what was it called again? What spider? What whatever. The, the third group that's essentially is being blamed for was originally being blamed was Black Cat Alpha V ransomware group. Now, Black Cat Alpha V is very, very known for being very, very boastful about what they did and what they haven't done or what they've done. You know, if they had popped MGM, I made the claim they would be all over their leak site all over their documentation all over their api saying hey we did this you know look at us we are um we're cool and you know that helps them essentially get the ability to charge more for their ransomware cases right um so you know it, it behooves them if they actually did it to make that statement and you know get them more and more street cred if you will as much as i hate that term um with that said, you know, I came out and I called BS on it because I think VX Underground did a very poor job. They did a, um, and a lot of news stories, unfortunately, started picking it up and started running with it as if it was gospel, right? And, you know, saying that, you know, VX Underground is breaking news, blah, blah, blah. And again, this is a lot of the, the fast and loose information that I always warn people about taking as, take it always with a grain of salt. You know, um, so in the interim of what's been happening is apparently, again, we're going to put a big freaking asterisk on all this stuff because um, there's now even more conflicting information. And I'll do my best to break this thing down, but I'm sorry. I, I feel the need that we need to go through this so that way everybody understands what's going on. So give me some mercy and some grace as we go through this, this freaking train wreck. Um, it is confirmed that Caesars was compromised by who we only are getting quote unquote inside sources. There's not an official release from Caesar. Um, even on the sec or sec site, I'm not seeing 
that formal notification. Hopefully by the end of the today or early next week, we'll get some more stuff because they are required, I believe, to file to the SEC, much like MGM has. That said, it's been claimed by many sources, but again, referring to people close to the, the situation, that it is it was a uh, you know the threat actor group um and it may have been the same one that compromised the mgm with that said how do i want to say this properly all right the the threat group is still being tied or being blamed for it to the at this moment we are seeing no official publication from the threat actor making taking claim and responsibility for this right um, a lot of times when you see things that are going on you will see folks uh like scatter spider like hive like conti when they were around things of that nature you know they would make that claim right so um Scattered Spider to date has not accepted responsibility for this situation. Now, as of I think last night, Alpha V has joined actually supposedly made a publication. And this is not part of the CISO series. So I'll drop this in the chat as well. So definitely take some time and read through it. I personally am still digesting this. So I don't want to speak out of place. But they have claimed, they're making many, many claims in here that they have been in their Okta secure environment, which if those who don't know, is part of, you know, an MFA platform. Now, there is pure speculation, and I'm not going to show it on screen, but there is pure speculation and a lot of people who agree with my thought, there was a potential breach of MGM back in 2017 on the breach forms that not the onion sites, not the threat actor sites. One of those that post, you know, breach data for sale. There was one that was posted about two weeks before MGM went through now another cybersecurity incident again alfie says that they didn't drop their pay their payload they were still in the environment they were doing whatever they wanted to do whatever but there's there's a lot of stuff going on but i do wonder if the leaked data from the breach forums if mgm didn't change update their passwords whatever the case is I can tell you a lot of times during DFIR cases when we are brought or we're kept on retainer to do what we need to do on a long term to help ensure further breaches don't happen or at least be that person in that firm to come back in. If something was to immediately happen, I will say about 80% of the time, once this dust settles, users will start using their old passwords again. So it's very much a possibility that you know, this thing was several several years old, you know, dust is settled and they've gone back, their users have gone back to get potentially, um, you know, using weak passwords. So, you know, th there's a couple things at play here. I don't want to, I, I want people to be informed, right? So thank you for letting me go through this very, very long-winded freaking topic i know that there's at least one that'll go a little long-winded not as long as this one but hopefully that goes through and kind of educates everybody just a little bit again we, we need to take some time be patient let's let the dust settle and see what is going on what actually happened because there's a lot of moving parts on this one all right and the one thing that's also going on that you may or may not find funny there's now actually reports as of yesterday um that because of the compromise their their hotel key cards are not working so they've gone back to the traditional standard key there's now reports that every key that they're giving out 
is actually a master key. So if you're in room one, two, three, four, your key opens every other hotel room in that hotel. So needless to say, MGM has got a major freaking issues over there, right? So it's, I, I wish that uh, MGM was putting out more content. They were having more, um, more communications publicly, but anyway, I've gone way, way long than I ever intended on that. But again, I wanted to educate the folks, know what's going, kind of know what's going on and but let's see, let's see where the dust settles, right? So, well, as a cybersecurity community, I'm sure we'll keep everybody informed, but, you know, trust but verify, ladies and gentlemen, please. On to the next one. Copies. Although currently limited in its deployment and effectiveness, its recent use by a LockBit affiliate indicates that it might be a potential threat in the future. Business owners and executives are urged to remain vigilant and enhance their security measures to protect against this emerging threat. To evade security. What is going on? All right, so a couple of things I want to talk about. It, again, this record, podcast is kind of like my um, my brutally honest. Their original goal was to attack Yay, audio issues all over the place. I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Social engineering to persuade company officials to run remote monitoring and other tools. From there, they exploit vulnerabilities and use tools like StoneStop to evade security software, end quote. According to the record, quote, members of the group spoke to the Financial Times and returned to their tried and true methods of attack, eventually in right, we'll get this thing caught up. systems, end quote. Cybersecurity incident impacts Canada's... There we go. Network. Back on track, ladies and gentlemen. Pelmorix, the parent company of Canada's The Weather Network and its French language equivalent, Meteo Media, says the cybersecurity incident that paralyzed some of its data systems this week was connected to third-party software. Investigations are continuing. Its Alert Ready app, which delivers Amber Alerts, forest fire warnings, and weather-related warnings, was not impacted by this event. Oh, that's good. To, you know, at least there's some there's some sunshine in, in the in the uh, out there for everybody in Canada. At least you will get you know again with the the storms, the the remaining of the hurricane that's you know, coming up the East coast there for the Northeast. Hopefully that doesn't impact them as well, but um, yeah, another third party security breach. You know, when's the last time you questioned your third party on their security aspects? I can get, I can almost guarantee you, you know, if you're not questioning your third parties, you're not under at least the CIS framework because even CIS version eight, makes you put together a security questionnaire for your vendors. So um, I'll move on because uh, again, I know we're running long and the next one is maybe run just a few minutes long as well. Blocked a LockBit affiliate deploys 3 a.m. instead. The semantic threat hunter team at Broadcom has described an attack on an unnamed victim in which a LockBit affiliate deployed several Cobalt Strike components on an individual's computer and then, after conducting some reconnaissance for lateral movement opportunities, sought to deploy a LockBit ransomware, which was successfully blocked. They then successfully deployed 3AM. Semantic states this is not the first time they have seen ransomware affiliates deploying two ransomware families in an attack, and they suggest this, quote, may indicate that affiliates are becoming more independent from ransomware operators. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Mods. I'm asking to be turned up the audio just a little bit, so I'll get that taken care of. Um, again, you know, follow my my links before. This is kind of what queued up and what caused the whole audio issue. But if you go to ours, I, I talk about the 3A and ransomware. I'm not going to throw the link in there. You know, search for. But basically what I... Things that folks need to understand that the threat actor is for a lot of these organizations, they are what's called a ransomware as a service. They are a quote unquote dubbed, um, you know, subcontractor, if you will, you know, where they will be partners of multiple different organizations and threat actor groups. So when they typically go in and, you know, they compromise a network, it's not actually LockBit that's compromising you. It's one of their quote unquote subcontractors or what they call affiliates. And, you know, apparently the person or persons that potentially compromise this organization 
was an affiliate of multiple threat actor groups, a new one called 3AM. The only reason they know it's called 3AM, one typically because of the ransomware note, but the files that was, uh, I'm not sure if this one actually shows it. It does not, but uh, there, some of the original stories were, you know, how you have like .jpg, dot you know pdf but it actually said dot 3 a.m ransom or dot 3 a.m locked or something like that but in the the file extension it was clearly saying who the threat actor was so um yep this is you know kind of par for the course of what we see so you've always got to you got to be on your toes ladies and gentlemen um you know in the some of the articles i did on mine there are some TTPs that are a little bit newish, that newer that you should uh, look into and start putting into your threat detection model. Um, one of them is called WPUT. W P U T. Um, they got a Linux version of it. It's been around for a little while. I haven't seen it very much in the past year, but it looks like this particular TTP is starting to come back again, according to the report. So um, definitely look up that um that article and go with uh you know add those ttps to it because it's it's worth noting so with that let's kick into the mid roll ladies and gentlemen and now a word from our sponsor conveyor the team at Lucid Software reduced the time spent answering customer security questionnaires by a whopping 91% with Conveyor's security questionnaire automation software powered by OpenAI. Compared to the tools on the market, Conveyor's AI auto-generates the most accurate answers to entire questionnaires so you can spend almost zero time on them. That's it. That's the ad. We'll let you get back to the headlines now, but if you want to take away the pain of questionnaires, try a free proof of concept at www.conveyor.com. That's C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-R.com. All right. Thank you, so, CISO Series, for the ad read. Greatly appreciate it. You know, always uh, check out the show sponsors. I mean, granted, we are one, but, you know, definitely check out Panasai. Check out Anti-Siphon. You know, check out us if, if you're in the middle of it you're looking for an ir retainer you know um i don't want to be too boastful you know if you've been here most of you are here for a while um you know you kind of know who we are and what we do so i'll, I'll save everybody from that uh one thing i do want to make mention that i did not in the intro as we get ready for the mid-roll you know if you are a first timer please say hashtag first time you know if you're enjoying the saltiness and the complete ramblings of me on my soapbox please share this content with everybody i do see 231 of you still currently in here so i greatly appreciate you listening to this and uh tolerating some of this stuff but please share this with other uh, with others please like it and talk about it with your internal community and as we talk about internal community i do definitely want to speak about the simply cyber community challenge and talk about you know what how why this is so darn important so hashtag simply cyber community challenge is a way on linkedin for everybody to get together and find other people that are like-minded as you in the cybersecurity and wanting to be able to advance yourself so you know connect with others that are in the same space look for this simple hashtag on linkedin and start connecting with the people who are posting and the people who are commenting build out your network things of that nature. Um, so with that, we did have Andrew Days that was the poster or the, did have the baton. Uh, Andrew, are you in or Andre? My apologies. I butchered your name. But Andre Diaz, if you are in the chat, please say, hey, I'm here. And, you know, please tag someone in the community to take on this baton and go with uh, be able to uh, be able to talk about their Simply Cyber Community uh, Adventure, getting into this industry and being able to uh, expand on some of their knowledge, right? So with that said, um, uh, we will be around again for the jaw jacking scenarios, but I do wanna try to get, get things caught up just a little bit so we will proceed on. Uh, Mods, please keep an, on, an eye out for Andre Diaz to see if he is in the chat. Let me know if this individual is not and I will, do my best to pick somebody 
uh, from the community to take the baton moving forward. Professional sports has a cybersecurity problem. According to the UK-based National Cybersecurity Centre, quote, 70% of sports organizations experience at least one cyber attack per year, end quote, which they point out is more than double the rate of regular businesses. This is due largely to the digitalization of sports, which is accumulating large amounts of consumer data and is accessed by a wide variety of devices and networks. In addition, the article points out the often overlooked vulnerabilities in physical sports facilities, such as digital signboards with exposed ports, Wi-Fi hotspots, mobile apps and QR codes, point-of-sale technology, and the need for improved network segmentation between IT and OT systems, such as stadium access technology. Oh, my gosh. This is just the crutch of, you know, the IoT infrastructure. So, look. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand more times, right? If you have a profitable business, threat actors are going to come after you. If they think they can be able to make money off of whatever you're doing, it, it literally doesn't matter if you're running an Etsy shop a pro or you're running, you know, the, what is that one do the Ballard sports or whatever. But I mean, you got casinos, you've got um, online gambling, you got all this stuff that is potentially making a profit. Cyber criminals are going to want some of that quote unquote free money, right? Podcast volume is still low. Um, I'm just hearing from the mods. I don't know how best. Please put, put in the chat. Um, mods are telling me that the volume is low is Kimberly, is that from the the audio or me? Because I literally have them both at 100. I can jack them up even more, but I don't want to blow people's ears out. So um, let me know in chat. Let me know what you think. But um, all right, so I'm getting pe some people saying they can hear me just fine. Jeffrey saying that, that their volume is all the way up. Okay, so we may have... We may have a streaming audio issue where some people are not hearing as clearly as others is what it seems like from some of the stuff. Okay. All right. So the CISO series podcast. Okay. All right. I will jack that up a little bit more to 110. Um, so, and I'll pause it for a moment, make sure I'm not blasting anybody's ears out. Um, so more confirmations is the podcast, not me. Okay, good. So I'll jack that up a little bit more. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, this is you know tried and true. If you're running a business, you know you're you're going to get compromised. They're going to come after you. It doesn't matter, right? So it's you know it's really dumb to have Wi-Fi hotspots on your IoT devices. You know I I understand the the ability to you know, have a technician in the field, you know, let's, let's say a football game, you got your billboard up there, you know, your technician's at the 30 yard line and he's connecting to the billboard sign. It could be able to push firmware updates. And, you know, I, I understand the, 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 the ease for some of this stuff, but you're leaving things wide open for nefarious people, right? The, I always say if man made it, man can break it. It's not perfect. So, um, be careful, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got to say. This, this really should be Business 101. Jenny, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Azure HD Insight flaws enabled data access and session hijacking. All right. Before I continue, as I promised, let it play for a second. Is the audio okay from the CISO series? I'm going to look at mod chat real quick because that's the, the quickest responses I can get. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not seeing anything back yet. So I'm going to continue. Start screaming at me, ladies and gentlemen, if the audio is too loud, please. Eight cross-site scripting vulnerabilities have been revealed by Orca Security as threats to Azure HD Insight, which could be used to, quote, access data, hijack sessions, or deliver malicious payloads, end quote. These exist in Apache services, including Hadoop and Spark, which work under Azure HD Insight. 
There are five CVE codes for these eight flaws, and they are listed on the show notes to this episode. Orca has stated, quote, all eight XSS vulnerabilities discovered in various platforms and components in Azure HD Insight primarily resulted from the lack of proper input sanitization. Yes, I mean, this just goes back to, um, you know, some of the discussions that we've been having this week, not around this particular topic, but, you know, when you start looking at who your vendors are, and you like I mentioned before, put, uh, going through, hey, Jess Bishop, thank you so much for that super chat. I greatly appreciate it. What? Did we become best friends? Yeah, we did. Sorry, I really need to get that sounder. But for those, since, since I don't have that, we'll do, it actually kind of goes through this. Ah, oh, you got to patch it. <laughs> there we go. Ah, oh, you got to patch it. Um, Azure, you need to patch it. But anyway, the when you're putting your trust into a third party system, the you got to be able to trust that third party system like Azure, right? Um, we were having the discussion even last night. You know, there are some there is some benefit to having an on-premise exchange server. Now, wait, don't kill me. I I know that's bad to say because exchange on-premise is a horrible horrible idea um but this is an exception not this is an exception to the rule where some of our clients have very sensitive information that if it was to become uh under a warrant for seizure and for uh for discovery they want to know about a lot of times when you're with these cloud providers you know, you won't be notified by Microsoft, Google, whatever, that they had a warrant for seizure and they just handed over all your data for, and you won't know for months or years until, you know, whatever three-letter agency or law firm decides to, you know, actually prosecute you for whatever they may or may not have potentially found inside of your data. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act, but nine times out of 10, you know, going with a cloud platform for a lot of these things is a very good idea for a business. When you're seeing things like this come out, I can guarantee you 99.9% .9 of the time, companies like Azure, aka Microsoft, they are taking the time to patch their cloud development before, you know, the patch is released for general consumption for the public to use in their local environment. Uh, granted, this HD Insight is only an Azure AD thing. Um, a lot of times when they have CVEs, the vendor does have a certain time frame to accept the 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 exp uh, the accept the vulnerability and carefully work through that. So that's one thing that MITRE actually does. They do work with the reporter and the vendor you know, trying to get things done. So it is supposed to be a cohesive situation. Uh, a lot of times when you see these things that like, hey, emergency patch, put this thing out. You know, sometimes the the vendor just doesn't do what they're supposed to do. So a lot of times you get those workarounds and things of that nature because they didn't respond in time. But anyway, um, hopefully this doesn't really impact anybody, but definitely do your due diligence. if you're using Azure Insights, um, you know, look up these CVEs that are in here on this uh, story. In fact, I'll actually take this and drop this into the chat here. And, uh, you know, look up those CVEs and see if, you know, if you're impacted, you know, run your own internal test, do your verification that your your HD Insight is potentially patched and, you you, you know, it is Friday that you don't have to worry about this and lose sleep over it over the weekend, right? With that said, we'll move on. The UK plans to consolidate NHS data. The UK's National Health Service is looking to create a centralized platform called the NHS England database. A five-year contract worth £480 million is currently in a bid review process with an announcement of the winner expected very soon. The front-runner is the US firm Palantir, owned by tech billionaire Peter Thiel, in response to questions from The Guardian, Palantir emphasized that it is, quote, not in the business of mining data, nor do we sell or monetize it in any way. In addition, NHS England said that it, not the platform, will control the patient data inside, end quote.
Yeah, so they're trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, so yeah, this kind of goes back to the last story. You know, hopefully they they are doing their due diligence to make sure that the third party vendor is you know going to hold up their own security standards that they said, and you know, it is what it is. So keep an eye on that system impacts you. Um, it's kind of whatever to me. Um, I just see some people saying that they miss Jerry, so I'll just play this one more time. Ah, oh, you gotta patch it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That kind of goes right with the next story. Kubernetes security flaws in Windows endpoints. Three high-severity vulnerabilities in Kubernetes have been discovered by researchers at Akamai that, quote, can be exploited to gain remote code execution with system privileges on all Windows endpoints within a Kubernetes cluster, end quote. This can be triggered by applying a malicious YAML file on the cluster and impacts installations of Kubernetes both on-prem and with the Azure Kubernetes service. These carry CVSS ratings of 8.8, .8, and the three CVE numbers for these vulnerabilities are 2023 3676, 3893, and 3955. Yes, yeah, so a lot of times when you get into this, I mean, so the CVSS score of 8.8, .8, that's a pretty high impacting number, right? So that that's pretty pretty high up on there. So, you know, you know, please. You gotta patch it. You know, patch your crap. Um, this looks like again, this is a first brush of it, but this looks like it's maybe you've got to have access to the container to begin with to invoke. Yeah, invoke expression. Okay, so yeah, you've got to actually have access into the Kubernetes cluster to begin with and then get escalated into the, to have system privileges. So, okay. Um, so yeah, if you, if they get to this far, you're, you're pretty much hosed anyway, but you know, you definitely want to, you know, put you know more guards around the front gate, if you will, for this type of scenario, you know, so definitely patch it, you know, get this thing done. And as always, like I always say, they, Make sure that you are doing your verification that the patches are actually, um, you know, working the way that they're supposed to. And I think that's the last story. Just a reminder to join us later today. At yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just a reminder: join me, Barry, uh, Eric Taylor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. You know, we will be talking about the Executive Cyber Brief. So this is, you know, just kind of a recap that we go through every uh, once a week at the same time on Friday at 3:30 Eastern Time every week. And just kind of talk about the top cybersecurity news is that, you know, I found important that I don't think it's got a lot of coverage. So if that's something that's of interest to you, uh, definitely go through and uh, or sign up for, I guess, subscribe and know about that when we kind of come uh, go live on everything. If you're just here for the news, thank you so much. I do greatly appreciate it. Again, please slap that like button. Please tell your friends and Tell your friends and family about us, if you will. Help us spread the news. And uh, I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. As promised, we do have the, uh, I do have the, uh, you know, questions that we're going to answer. I do know some of the mods have started dropping off for their full-time jobs. Um, so I do appreciate everybody uh, sticking around. Uh, we do see that awesome Asima. I'm not going to pronounce if you've been here for a while, you know, Don phonics does not work for me at all. Um, ASMA, uh, Azama, Azama, sorry. So, uh, I believe that that individual has the, the baton now is an acceptance is very, very eager. So what you simply do, uh, just to recap, you know, you go on LinkedIn, you talk about your story, much like, um, Andre Diaz did, you know, he put the simply cyber, let me actually minimize my, part here you know you talk you put the hashtag simply cyber community challenge so we can follow you and we can read about your story you know andre went through and talked about how he got into it and that's what a lot of people do so you can also you know thankfully you have today being friday you have the weekend to kind of see how other people did it and if you're looking for inspiration of how to create yours you got a little bit of time over the weekend the rest of the today and over the weekend to actually do that um with that i am going to steal or no, 
and then let's hear we call this a choir. So we're, I'm going to choir this intro and we will uh, move into jaw jacking. Again, thank you so much to everybody who stuck around for the news. If you're sticking around for the jaw jacking, stand by one second. Welcome to Jaw Jacking. <laughs> Hope everybody's had a great week so far. Um, we will just stick around for a few. I will stick around just for a few minutes and just kind of talk about whatever you folks want to talk about. Um, yeah, I do have a couple of things that are coming up that I got to take care of. Let me know if that is a little too loud because, you know, audio issues seem to be rampant these days, right? So I'm going to kind of go through some of the the mod chat here so ozma is was a uh, first time today awesome awesome mia maya 642 was first time now let me switch back over here to chat again thanks so much for having me on here i do greatly appreciate uh, the the privilege and the fortitude that uh the cyber simply cyber community grants me to be the guest host and for dr gerald osher for allowing me to do this i greatly do appreciate it um on a side note since we are jaw jacking um okay I, thank you. I don't. Th I don't know if I have a calming and soothing voice by any means, but I, I appreciate that. Dan, uh, Danny Drew, how do I get CPE credits? Uh, like I said, when you by being here and posting things like this and doing that, the intro hashtag Team Live hashtag Team Replay Team Hybrid, you know all the other things, um, you know that is you, you just kind of do in you know, a little notebook or whatever or if you kind of know hey i was here every day for a month and then you know you can just submit that right so um again when i do ours through or I, when i do mine through uh gx sort of uh certifications i put down community and i put the simply cyber community and you know that that's, that works just fine so hopefully that answers your question Um, yes, there. So Jax is uh, asked, you know, this is my first time watching. I love you. And do you have a channel? Yes, I do have a ch my, our own channel. Um, literally, if you just uh, go to bring up a new tab here and I'll. So the easiest way to get to us is just youtube.barricadecyber.com. This will forward it over to. Hopefully, yep, it'll, it'll forward you over to the uh, Barricade Simply Cyber again, just youtube.barricadecyber.com. You know, I do have it in there say, hey, do you want to confirm your subscription? So, you know, try to help push the subscription model. Sorry for the self-promotion on that one. Absolutely, absolutely. Happy to have you here. Come on, Jess. Love you, Eric, in a cybersecurity friend way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I love you too, girl. We always have some of the uh, uh, the um, some of the best conversations. We, we, you and I need to connect uh, again some more. Um, what are some of the places you can look on a computer that experience scareware? So I'm going to assume that when you say scareware, you're talking about those websites that will pop up and say, hey, you've got you know all these things. Um, that is simply just your internet history of the browser. Um, let, Jazzy Jazz, 
let me know if you're talking about something other than web browser travel but i'm assuming you're talking about those websites that you accidentally type a, a letter wrong and you get those stupid pop-ups and you know a pain in the butt to get rid of and you just want to jump out of a window and just so you know it happens to some of us too who type something in wrong sometimes you know funky muck i was going to mention this earlier i i really was but i was like yeah i'm already running really really long on this one so i didn't want to keep bring i didn't want to bring that one up as well um it is very coincidental that defcon was literally there right around the same time that that data uh, from 2017 was posted on the breach forms um there's a lot of circumstantial stuff that's going on around that and i just i don't know i don't know so it, it's very interesting i'm waiting to see what a, how a lot of the dust settles to see what the true story hopefully we get some um yeah something this big we are definitely starting to see a lot of people talk um uh, about it so sure thing john there take a screenshot of me saying hello and date and get those cpe credits there you go hopefully that's assistance to you john <laughs> Thanks for participating and sticking around. What's there, channel? I think I've, uh... Are there Barricade Cyber shirts? No, there are not any Barricade Cyber t-shirts yet, Miss Pamela. We are, we are working with a marketing team. It's literally gonna say like, threat actors suck with a barricade.cyber.com or something like that in the middle. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to finalize the look on it, but I think that's the one that we're going to end up going with. So, um, oh, awesome. Kimberly Fixing is still in here. So, um, now Kimberly, I, I see. I just didn't know you were still over here. My apologies. I thought you had, you had parted onto your other endeavors. Um, so thanks. Uh, I'm over here looking at what Kimberly can fix it has captured screenshot it and put it in our mod chat so that way I kind of know what some of the questions are what cloud security training certifications do you recommend for GRC analyst the one and very own Dr. Gerald Osher he's got his own training go to simply cyber.io I believe the site is yeah, off of memory yes hooray my brain hasn't completely shut down yet. Um, so yeah, right up here at the very top, you got courses, you know, master GRC. So go there, right? Um, you know, there's, there, it's been, just ask any of the community members, seriously, ask any of the community members who's taken a GRC. There's been a lot of people that's come into the chat and said, you know, go, um, you know, they took the GRC and within a couple months they had landed that GRC course. So it's um it's gaining a lot of traction there's a lot of a lot of value in it so um what are some places that you look at on a oh so we answered that one uh what do you think about the defco okay answer that one uh, i'm sorry hi eric Cybersecurity awareness month is weeks away any brilliant strategies or ideas to promote that are your organizations um That's a good question. Yeah, you know, take a take a page from me. Um, a lot of the times when we are being brought in on conversations, the one question I always ask: What is it about your network you don't know or you don't understand? Start seeking answers. The other thing I would say is: Where is the data in the organization? Where is it? what touches it and how does it flow through the organization when you have a ransomware you have a security incident you knowing where all the pieces and pieces and parts of the data live inside of your organization so that way you could be able to one do forensic analysis quickly you can start your recovery you can get back at the business a lot quicker because you know where that data is right um so definitely look at that right uh, Eric, in your experience, have you seen a company with a correctly implemented zero trust solution get breached? Yes. Um, 
Lyle, that was... They didn't get far. So it it was... I'm still under attorney... I'm probably still under attorney-client privilege, so I have to speak very carefully about it. But it was about uh, 220-odd organizations somewhere in the globe. Um, and it was... Um, it was a phishing email that ended up doing it and they they were able to do the email phishing aspect and funds of rerouting of funds and things of that and they read between the lines a little bit and you gotta know what i'm talking about a little bit there um so yeah there zero trust is not a bulletproof solution it it helps minimize a lot of stuff don't get me wrong and it helps reduce the blast radius of an impact, but it's not a bulletproof solution. So, what cloud provider do most companies with a correct solution get on the, what, sorry, what cloud providers do most companies that see your assistance use Azure, AWS, GC? Yeah, Tom, that's a good question. We actually see people of, all platforms um it really depends on what they're using it for so you know we see a lot of azure for fully dedicated vms and infrastructure you know aws and gcp are those container you know you just want to run a kubernetes container you just want to run a a docker container an sql server without the, the full vm the full os infrastructure and everything like that um so it really depends, you know, on what the actual goal of everything is, right? Um, holy cow, y'all, y'all keeping Kimberly can fix it uh, uh, busy. So y'all coming in with the questions, I love it, I love it. Uh, will you be at Wild Wild Hacking Fest? No, I will not. But connect with uh, my counterpart, Casually Joseph here. He will be at Wild Wild Hacking Fest and. You know, y'all can talk war stories over some beers or something like that. Uh, Jonathan Reed, any cybersecurity meetups around Pittsburgh? Not that I know of currently. Definitely check a lo uh, for local B-sides. Um, find out when your local B-sides is in that area. phones have me. Uh, my disaster recovery instructor did an announcement for IC, uh, ISC2 training. Is it worth it? That, that's a question for you, Justin, sir, to be honest with you. Is the field that you're, the, the industries that you're working in, would they be beneficial or would you get benefit out of being, you know, trained in IC, uh, ISC2? It's weird. I, I don't know, right? So... That that's really a an industry uh, and a business decision. So uh, Nathan Bolton, do you and your team employ threat hunting teams prior to your incident response, such as do you have org send files and artifacts for review? Um Nathan Bolton, uh Bolin, sorry. Yes, we do have threat hunting uh I wouldn't say teams we're a very small organization we're under five people here i mean we're we're, we're small right um but we do get brought in for uh one-off incidences and things of that nature um but that is part of a, a lot of times into being brought in for our ir retainer so you know we're being brought in you know deploying full edr deploying full uh logging solutions and you know the whole the whole things to try to get them uh properly monitored and you know a lot of times the the clients that are on our ir retainer they will send us files and say the um you know hey can you take a look at this file and we think it may be malicious or something like that and we'll spin up in sandboxing and stuff like that so 
what are your thoughts uh, coming in from an unknown LinkedIn user? What are your thoughts on the Cisco Certified Support Technician Cybersecurity? Uh, and what is a good start for a beginner in cybersecurity? Um, so that's kind of two different questions. So um, unknown user in LinkedIn. Uh, I would say for a good start, let's, let's kick it back to the, the show sponsors, right? Um, in the middle or actually in the beginning you know the the pay what you can just, um yeah i want dr gerald to get credits for sending this traffic so definitely go down in the description look for the anti-cypher training you know this if you're looking to get in to cybersecurity, there's a lot of classes here for the pay what you can and some of the full uh full-fledged courses go into that um if you're looking for um specifically cisco certified you know that goes back to the uh, isc squared training that was asked by justin um you know are you going to be working for organizations that are a quote-unquote cisco shop like us we are not a cisco shop now i'm mostly there's one other vendor we use uh depending on the, the client but um we don't we don't run cisco Sometimes we, we come across, we have to deal with Cisco in an IR situation. Um, so sometimes having a somebody with a CCSC um, or CCNA or something like that would be beneficial in those. Um, but, you know, I was CCNA many years ago, so I could still muck through it pretty good. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust myself to do uh, from the ground up right now in Cisco, you know, with I just don't work in it all the time. So, you know, the organizations that you're going to be working at would it been would they benefit from it, right? So, and there's been there's been a long train of thought that you know having a CCNA um, to be a network administrator is it's a good thing to have, right? So, th there's a lot of things that are discussed in there. Um, from Sean, looking to bring the cyber realm into Canada and promote. Now that I have done school, we do not have a big presence like you folks in the South. Feel free to give me suggestions. Um, I would say it's... Sean, I, I guess it depends on how comfortable you are at public speaking and just private speaking even like this. I mean, it's either like, even for me, right? Um, I do really like in public speaking engagements, the larger the room, the better I do for some reason. I don't know why. Um, when I do live streams like this, I am much better at live streaming and just shooting off the hip or off the cuff, if you will, than trying to record something. It's just something I've learned over, over the years of doing this, you know, I would always struggle doing and trying to come up with the right verbiage and stuff. And live i'm i'm just able to do it because I, I know kind of that pressure's there and i work a little bit better under pressure um but it you just got to find out what works out for you and start maybe straight up start a podcast um and start talking about some of these these things right and you know do does i i would imagine so in here in the states there is what's called um Oh gosh, what the heck is it called? Um, 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 there's I'm, uh, the name. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry, but uh, chamber of commerce. There it is. I knew it coming to me. So like a chamber of commerce. So like each town, you could register your business and you have meetups and stuff like that, like once or twice a month, and meet other business people and discuss possible business with each other. Right? Does something like that have uh, go on in Canada? Can you get part of that? and you know host a couple of events and talk about those type of things right so um we are after nine o'clock we are now 906 eastern time i will look at um kind of scroll through a little bit um yes emmanuel dark toastmasters exactly that is you know if you're not good at talking at all um to, I've heard really, really good things at Toastmasters. I've actually considered going through it myself to help educate or help elevate my speaking. Um, and so it, it's been something that I've been considering, but, you know, trying to find the time to do that. 
uh, versus ranting on YouTube at two o'clock in the morning. Um, awesome. So I, I'll wait around just a moment for any last questions, and then I will bid everybody a awesome, awesome weekend. Oh, camera can fix can fix it. Dropping that knowledge. There is a tech toastmasters 2 it is virtual so there we go hey that actually may work out better it's easier to you know jump onto a zoom team google meet call for an hour uh in between other business activities than you know getting into my vehicle driving 30 45 minutes to somewhere going through the the routine and then you know driving back I mean, you, you pretty much lose two two and a half hours for a 45 minute to an hour meeting Tom Donald, thank you so much, brother. I greatly appreciate the kind words. I do appreciate it very much. Again, if you're still sticking around, please do me a favor. You know, I'm only seeing a hundred and let me let me refresh my side. This has got to be more. Yeah, what's come on, people? 157 in here. Only 133 people have given a thumbs up on this. Please, on your way out, please give that thumbs up. Again, please, please share this uh, content. You don't have to share me by any means, even though I would love you to you know, join me in some of my rantings and my weekly podcast. But um, you know, definitely go through and you know share this content and with people that you think would be beneficial, right? So um, I hope you everybody does uh, enjoy today's podcast. I do know I have some special sponsorship or special showings coming up and those who have stuck around this long you know what's about to happen next um we are now time for some anti from soap see shanty again thank you so much everybody i greatly love all y'all please stay secure and always question everything in your environment until next time take care of yourselves there once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal, then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go. You're still here? Get out of here. Go do something. <laughs> Take care.